This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of True Crime on Easy Street. My name is Kelly Turner, and I'm not a doctor. Her name is Katie Gibbons, and she is not a lawyer. And my name is Scott Wright, and I'm a mediocre journalist. And Katie is with us. She's just not mic'd tonight because we have something so special for you. Yeah, we'll I'm see so about excited. that. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday morning. Raise those coffee cups. <laughs> Raise those coffee cups into the air. And cheers. We have two guests in the studio with us today. We have a graduate of the University of Montevallo with a degree in psychology, Kevin Green. Uh, go Falcons. Yeah, Thank you. Yes. We also have a graduate of Auburn University with a degree in history. And I am not a historian. Jay yeah, Grace. Yeah. <laughs> and he has already told us that we cannot bring up his GPA. He won't even tell me what it is. And no. you just brought it up. And that's... I don't know what it is. Boy. Maybe it's fantastic. Maybe it's low. You it didn't say. It was great. There you go. You just... Transcripts. You, that's breach of contract. I didn't sign anything. We have an anything. ironclad contract mm. with these two. And, and it probably should be mentioned that I've not now nor ever been a practicing psychologist or counselor. No, with a bachelor's, you can't. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, though, yeah. I don't want to, you know, give some kind of expertise oh, no, because, that I don't have. No, And look, let me tell you this. I know that because I, too, have a bachelor's in psychology. And so then I went and got a master's in psychology. And you don't practice with that either. <laughs> yeah. it, you, you really don't get a job you really with don't. a psychology and counselor. I feel like that's no, all going to really come don't. out in the wash. You okay. really don't. Okay. So, uh, you know what? You're not a doctor, too, Kevin. You know what? Good job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Jake is not a historian. I'm not. So... We brought in two more experts wow. to join Nobody's our team Nobody's qualified today. to do anything except Katie, and she doesn't even have a microphone. At least she can run the board, because yeah, none of the rest of us can do that. There'll be a lot of edits today, I Oof. feel I feel sure. But today, we have something that is so neat and interesting and different than something that we have ever done. Whose idea was this? Was this Kevin's idea, or was this Jake's, or was it Scott's? It was, it was not mine. It was my idea. I actually heard it last week on the news that it was the 200 and some odd anniversary. So I thought, man, that's really cool. And the fact the arrest ended up in the state of Alabama gave us a, a local tie. Yeah, so that's we, a we actually we we're back in Alabama mm. for this episode. Mm. We've we've strayed for peripherally. A bit. Yeah, we have a well, we have an yeah. Alabama tie, so that's good. We've kind of been away from that for a while, and so let's bring it back home. I love that. I love this. So this is a great idea, Kevin Green. Thank you for being here. Kevin and Jake. Hey, or listen, they haven't done anything yet. Let's don't break our arms patting okay. them on the back because they could still go right off the deep end at well, any let's, moment. Let's, well, learn, let's learn a little bit about them. Kevin right. and Jake, what are your hopes and dreams? <laughs> I, really, I've sat around for the last year hoping I would be asked to be a guest on the uh, True Crime at Easy Street because wow. I'm an avid listener, of course. That's yes, true. Am I supposed to say like monkey grass or something if this is the first no, time? No, we I'm are on. not Rick and Bubba. Okay, different show. Different show. Okay. <laughs> I knew that there was like a first time thing somewhere, but there is a word that people say their first time on this show, but you probably won't say it. 
or if I'm like on Fine Bomb, you know, long time listener, first time caller. Right. I'm gonna hang up and <laughs> first I'm, time guest. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up and see what you got to say about that. <laughs> Jake, what what about you? Well, I just I, I'm just so glad that Kevin got to be on a podcast oh, that yeah. I'm beside myself. I'm my dreams really hinge on whatever he really wants out of life. So. You're the forever friend. You're I, such a supporter. Uh, yeah, we re- you really are. And I appreciate you guys so much for having us in the studio. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Thank All you. right. Yeah. Yeah. We're glad to have yeah. you. Unroll your eyes, Graves. We are so excited about this. When we start talking about this or when you guys start talking about this, I'm going to learn some things today. People are going to say, oh my goodness. I remember learning about this in history, but I think I've learned a lot of new things today. That's always fun. When we can do that, right? When we learn. Learning is fun. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Yeah. All right. Take it away, guys. All right. Where do you want to start? Do we want to start at the end or we want to start at the beginning? I think the best place for you guys to start is to start at the event that really is the crux of this whole thing, which is the... The duel. The duel between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton on July the 7th, 1804. So you guys run with that. And wait, wait, First of all, is it not July 11th? What did I say? Seventh. Oh, I looked at my numbers wrong. All right. He literally has seven, eleven, oh four. Yeah. And then so you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what we say. Yeah, but when you bring because in experts, we we will call you if you pull out the wrong. <laughs> the wrong day. I mean, because we're we're basically the authority on these. Well done. So this. so someone please give us the correct date of this event. Somewhere between July the 7th and 11th. (laughs) I was all on top of that, but it was the 11th. Okay. All right. So we're setting up and we're going to go back and give some history on it. But this is a sitting vice president of the United States of America. And the former secretary of the treasury, Alexander Hamilton, actually end up in a duel in which Hamilton, of course, dies. And so, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit in terms of of politics even today we think how rough they are but you know this one actually ended in a in a death Mm -hmm. and um jake i think has more a little more about burr he kind of gets the uh villain in the uh in the story that's fitting yeah i'm not really sure i mean he ended up you know well in the end a villain but was he really a well in the historical telling of it i think he is the one who's considered the villain his personal papers were never found so we don't really know what his thought process was back in the day We know, well, we know what Hamilton, I mean, there's plenty of paperwork. Well, we do know that he won the uh, duel, I guess, but. Yeah, and and one thing we should point out, it, one of the reasons he took Burr, Burr was kind of born into power and, and privilege, and Hamilton, I guess, was born outside the United States. He was mm-hmm. actually the, the only founder to be born out of the continental United States, was born in the British uh, West Indies. So they had two very different backgrounds, but mm-hmm. both kind of ended up, at the, at the same juncture, which was with George Washington. Yeah, so we'll go with, we'll start, I, I guess I'll start with Burr. He, like you said, grew up in a life of privilege. He was, though, orphaned. Both of his parents died by the time he was two years old. So he was raised by his grandfather. So his grandfather, who raised him, was one of the implemental parts of the Great Awakening in the United States at the time. Can't remember his name, but he did. He grew up in a life of privilege. In 1775, I guess he would be at the age of around, 
I don't know, 19, 18, 19 years old. He joined the Revolutionary War in 1775, uh, served under Benedict Arnold. An inauspicious beginning. Yeah. If you think about it. There's a, there's a, there's a $20 word for you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But he excelled uh, in the battles. He joined Washington in 1776. He and Washington did not get along at all. He only served with Washington for a couple of weeks, actually, and he left. He then moved. He was commissioned in New York where he was in charge of getting well, it was the the fleeing of New York because the British were already were already there. He spent the winter in Valley Forge, however, uh, from seventy eight in that area. Anyway, he and Washington really got sideways over a general of Washington named Charles Lee, who Washington reprimanded Charles Lee and Burr. Defended Charles Lee, so they really, really got sideways. I'm going to try to speed this up a little bit because my daughter really doesn't like the, the background too much. So I'm going to try to speed <laughs> up a little bit. Oh, Jake's daughter is Claudia Graves. She's a listener of the show. Is mm-hmm. that correct? She is a listener. She is a yeah. listener. She, Maybe not after today. <laughs> no, this may, this may wrap her up. <laughs> so anyway, he resigned in 79. Of it, uh, with, he cited ill health, and then he resumed his what he said was a career as a law student, which I could have had, I guess I could call my career as a student as well. It took me a little bit. You said it, I didn't. I did. And I, we're not talking, yeah, okay, anyway. <laughs> so he goes back to law school. He marries a lady who's about 10 years older than him. He moves to New York. He's a up and coming lawyer in New York, kind of a hot shot. He does a great job there. He then is appointed as Attorney General of New York in 89. At this time, you got to remember, though, it's not a, not a big country. It's a small town, especially New York at the time. So he and Hamilton were both attorneys at the time. And so they saw each other in the courtroom and actually argued against each other in several cases. He was appointed Attorney General of New York. Then he was elected as a U.S. Senator, and he defeated a man named General Philip Schuler in that race. Now, the significance of that is that was actually Alexander Hamilton's father-in-law. So if you look at where mm. the animosity between the two mm-hmm. started, it started with this. I mean, he, he defeats Hamilton's father-in-law or Senate. Then he uh, runs in the 1796 election for president, and he finishes fourth. Uh, John Adams is the president. Jefferson is the vice president. And then everything really gets sideways in 1800 where he runs. And now the significance in the 1800 election is that this is the first time that candidates actually have running mates. Oh, what had happened up until this point was the electors at the time would vote on the, on the, the top top vote getters, they would put who their two, they had two choices. They'd have uh, put two people down and whoever got the most votes by the electors was the president. Whoever got the second amount of votes was the vice president. Well, in 1800, they run as running mates. So Jefferson is running as president and his running mate is Burr. So Aaron Burr is is running as vice president. However, when they get to this election, 
there is a exact tie Ooh. for who's going to be the president and who's going to be the vice president. Well, I guess that anybody else, oh, hey, I ran for vice president, but I might have a chance. I was going to ask that when we got to this point. If I'm running for vice president, why am I suddenly mad that I got elected vice president? Right. So yeah. he says, he sees his opportunity. I mean, okay, well, maybe I can be president. So he does actually start soliciting some votes for himself as president. Mm-hmm. Well, Hamilton, who is a, who is a, he, he, well, let's, let's look at the two parties at the time that are running. You've got the Federalist, who is John Adams and his running mate. What's his running mate's name? Uh, I believe it was Pinkerton. Was it Pinkerton? Pinkerton. Like yeah. Pinkerton. So you've got uh, Adams and Pinkerton, maybe Pinkerton, who are running for- We are not an expert on vice presidential candidates. <laughs> not at all. From that time. Just the presidential candidates. Gotcha. Okay. So those two, are, those two are on the Federalist ticket running against the Democratic-Republican Party, mm-hmm. which is John Adams and Aaron Burr. All right. So Hamilton, who is staunchly against any politics that Jefferson has- and his personal beliefs, as much as he dislikes Jefferson, he really, really dislikes Aaron Burr. So he goes out of his way. He writes constant letters to the, the House representatives to try and get Jefferson elected as the president and Burr as the vice president because he absolutely can, can't stand Burr. So this kicks along, which leads. Up to the final final votes come in, and of course, Jefferson is president, and Burr finishes second place. Now then, we got the 1800 election out of the way. So in 1880, oh, excuse me, 1804, which is the following election, Jefferson drops Burr as his running mate. So obviously, Jefferson doesn't care much for Burr much like Washington doesn't care much for Burr, much as Hamilton doesn't I feel care. a pattern starting to emerge. Well, mm-hmm. I do too. Now that, you know, you, you start looking at who all, you, you say he's a villain. Well, maybe he is because nobody really liked the guy. I was about to say, does anyone like Burr? Uh, his mom, I think, at no. one time, oh, but she, she died it. when he was two. So, okay, so I mean, yeah, she probably liked him. <laughs> she, probably didn't get to, she probably didn't get to know him very well. She probably yeah, did. right. <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> so anyways, he's dropped from the 1804 election. Well, after he's not put back on the ticket to run, the actually some Federalists in the state of New York talk him into running for governor because there's a big split in the Federalist Party. So they talk him into running for president, excuse me, of governor of New York. He decides he'll go ahead and run. Well, in the background, Hamilton is openly campaigning against Burr. Can't stand the guy. He doesn't want him to be governor. He doesn't want, want him to even have walking around cred. Is it a hatred of Burr or is it a fear of what Burr might do if he's handed the reins of government? Well, what, what Hamilton actually was quoted as saying was that when on his letters was that he was an immoral man who would take any position for his own betterment. He was yeah. he, he just thought he was just a, a corrupt guy. Just didn't want him or not necessarily a corrupt guy. But he was a guy that was an opportunist. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he so he he campaigned openly against Hamilton, and so 
Burr loses the governorship by a landslide. He just gets waxed. And in the meantime, there's rumors going around that Hamilton is saying derogatory things about Burr, Burr's personal life, which Burr takes offense to, writes letters to Hamilton saying, apologize for what you said about me. Hamilton refuses, which leads us to where we go to New Jersey to settle this like men of the time. And now Kevin can give you a little bit. Kevin, wake up. Your turn. All right. So I get the more fun of the characters. Alexander Hamilton, who was, again, he was born in a place called Nevis, which was in the British West Indies. His dad had moved there in search of fortune in the shipping industry, ended up meeting um, Hamilton's mom, who he never married, and ended up leaving when he found out he wasn't going to have a fortune. So left Hamilton with his mom, who unfortunately, when he was uh, 14, his mom died of yellow fever. So he is left in the British West Indies as a 14-year-old. And, of course, in, the, in that era as an adult. So ends up getting a job at a shipping yard and pretty, or at a shipping company and pretty soon is running the shipping company. Wow. People are impressed with how smart he is, how well he can communicate, and also his ability to control and remember numbers. And so they decide they're going to send him to the United States, or not the United, at the time, the, the colonies, to go to school. Okay. So he gets here about that time. The Revolutionary War is firing up. He's involved. He meets George Washington, falls in love with George Washington. George Washington falls in love with him. It was actually not, I mean, as, you know, as a son, I'm about to clarify that, Scott. Washington actually calls Hamilton his boy, ends up putting him in charge. During this time, Hamilton had seen what was happening with Burr and, and Washington. So that was a little bit of the early feud was oh, okay. over their, I guess, their different mentorships with, uh, with Washington. Now, are they the same age? Within a year. Yeah, within a year. Within a year. So we also maybe have this, like, attention for Washington thing going on, too. No, I no, don't know. No, we didn't have that. Burr couldn't Burn stand it. Washington. Washington wanted. couldn't okay. stand Burr. So. Okay, so feelings mutual. Yeah. And then Washington is thinking of, Alexander Hamilton as his, like a son. Yes. And he ends up, okay. ends up giving him positions of power. And when he's elected president, he makes uh, Hamilton the first secretary of the treasury. Okay. And this is another area where they really get crossed. Burr is more of a state's rights. The powers are regulated to the states. And Hamilton is a strong central government guy. He's looking at the numbers, which is his thing. And he goes, all right, we have all this debt from the war. We have no way to collect. We have no way to pay. And this debt, that this debt is going to put us in bankruptcy. So he pushed for a strong central government. Okay. After he becomes Secretary of the Treasury, there's also other feuds with Hamilton. And that's where I think Hamilton kind of gets a pass is this was actually, I believe, his third duel or, uh, to be involved in. Hamilton? Uh, yes. Wow. So it, it's at this point, I think we need to explain how a duel worked. Yes. Because not all duels ended in death. In fact, not just a lot of the duels ended in death. It was all about honor. Uh, duels were illegal everywhere in the United States. And so they had a list of rules that came from Ireland. And I can't, was it called the Duletto? 
Scott? That sounded right when I you think, said I it earlier right. when we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. So there were actually like a list of offenses that you could challenge someone to a duel uh, because of. And when you did that, you challenged that person to a duel, usually through someone else. You had a personal representative. So this was not stand up, slap somebody with a white glove, walk out stair, walk outside and mm-hmm. shoot each other. This was a, a process. Okay. Um, there were negotiations, there were rules. And so if I challenge Scott to a duel, well, he gets to pick the weapons and the place. Oh, okay. And slingshots, completely dark room right now. Yes. <laughs> and I would get to pick where uh, the um, distance from which we were firing. Okay. And so most of the time you would go there, your second, they would call them the seconds. They would negotiate all this, the details. All right. Because it was illegal, they wanted everyone to have plausible deniability. So they would go to all these extremes. The guy who was bringing the two duelers over it was not in the same boat as the guns. They would put the guns in a different boat okay. so that the captain of the ship didn't see the, um, the guns. And when he went to court, he could say, I never saw guns. Oh, okay. And so when they're on the dueling grounds, right before the duel, everyone turned their backs except the seconds. And because the seconds would give the final order as to when the deal would happen. They were also like a, a manager in a boxing match. If, if I lower my gun and I shoot you in the arm, your second can declare, hey, this is over. That's enough. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. So we get to this deal. And we need to go back. Oh, we probably need to talk about, uh, we want the, you want the sex and the crime in here, right? Yes. Uh, we've got to have it. It's the only thing that brings it. Hamilton was a bit of a ladies' man. Okay. And so this goes back, this is where we were going a few minutes ago, is he had been caught having an affair with uh, Mariah Reynolds by her husband, James Reynolds, who decided, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to blackmail the Secretary of the Treasury because he's obviously got money. So he starts blackmailing him. Hamilton's paying. And then word starts to drift around about these payments. So a guy that you might learn later, his name is James Monroe. Okay goes to Hamilton and says, hey, we think you're embezzling money from the federal government. He says, I'm clearly not embezzling money. I'm having an affair and I'm paying off the guy, the lady's husband. He just admits to it. That's better. And so to clear his name, I guess if you can say that, he writes this long, long, and I can't remember, maybe 90 pages, I think. Yeah, 90. Yeah, is he writes an explanation of every detail of the affair and has it published. And that's called the Reynolds pamphlet. Correct. Or the but Reynolds it, letters. It's, it's uh, yeah, not a pamphlet. Correct. It's the Reynolds even, letters, yeah. <laughs> 90 pages. <laughs> the Reynolds novel. Yes. The uh, Here's what I did, how I did it, when I did it, and Yikes. who I did it with. Holy crap. Was every detail. So that's, he, like a, that's like a 50 Shades of Hamilton. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the first ever episode of Penthouse Forum, <laughs> perhaps, and depending is on the this details. All, can you get a hold of this thing and read it? You know, I would think so. It was published in a paper. I'll check. Holy crap. Yes. I'm on it. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm I mean, sorry, I guess I, I guess he can do what he wants. He's, he's... I'm sorry. I was not aware we were fact checking. I thought we could just, <laughs> <laughs> I thought we could just say what we wanted to say. Um, well, Scott's so mediocre, we may, so. We yeah, yeah, go I'm, I'm and, barely uh, going to do anything at all. All right. To all of you fans who are, are using Wikipedia right now to check all this out, it's, it's probably there. It almost, probably is. Probably. You almost know, you it. can manipulate Wikipedia yeah, no, there anyway. There it is. So. I just pulled it up. Oh, my gosh. 
Is it juicy? <laughs> well, the first 17 pages are. <laughs> you know, you usually don't get to the juicy stuff until like chapter four. So, Yeah, skip ahead. Oh. <laughs> it's amorous. Part two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to read the whole thing. Verbatim. <laughs> Sorry, right. Kevin. Go ahead. So Monroe has challenged. And so this ends up getting close to a duel. Monroe and Hamilton are going back and forth. And then a an attorney from New York decides to get involved. Okay. A guy named Aaron Burr. Oh. Who actually negotiates this duel away. He goes to both of them, says, hey, guys, you're prominent guys. This is a, this is a growing place. We've all got a place here. Mm-hmm. We can do well. Why don't we drop this whole idea of a deal? In which they end up dropping. So Burr actually saves Hamilton from this, from this duel. Wow. Is, is he not grateful at all? Must not have been. Uh, I mean, I, and maybe Burr was saving him for himself. Yeah, thanks know. for nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not going to duel with this guy. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. He's obviously not a very good dueler. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's a, he's a hot temper. Is he a hot temper? Hamilton? Hamilton was very boisterous. Like they weren't the way you would think they would be. Like in court, Hamilton was more of a showman. Burr was more thoughtful. Okay, gotcha. We're going to get right up to the deal now because then you want to get to the Alabama arrest part and that'll be back on on Jake. So we, we, we are at Weehawken, which is a dealing ground, which in was illegal. New Jersey. In New Jersey. Okay. So we're there. The seconds are there. Everybody's negotiated their, their deal. This deal is happening. Um, but now there's no actual account of what happens. Would you, do you remember why there's no actual account of what happened? You probably don't want to record that because it's illegal. And everybody turned their back. Everybody, everybody turned their back. Okay. So yeah. no one actually sees. So right before the duel, Hamilton says, according to history, excuse me, I need to be able to see better. So he pulls his glasses out of his coat, makes a big deal about putting his glasses on. Now, Burr's second says the reason that Burr fired was obviously Hamilton was planning on killing him because he put his glasses on. He said he's putting his spectacles, spectacles. on. He's going to aim to kill now do you normally not aim to kill in a duel where do you well, aim you just shoot I, it's my understanding you just point and shoot you point they, and shoot yeah and if you're setting the distance and you really don't want to kill each other then you set the distance i'm going to set off. the distance well now that's that's actually opposite of i mean not opposite but it's different than what I, the way the account that i've always heard was that hamilton shot into the air or hamilton missed him first but i think no, Hamilton were, shot first. Okay, I was about to say, you know, Hamilton, definitely two shots. Yeah, Hamilton, Hamilton shot first, but Hamilton's second claims that he shot into the air. Right. Burr claimed that he had a tricky gun with a quick trigger and that it just misfired as he was but coming so down. But so was he cleaning his spectacles and shot in the air? No, no, no. He put his glasses on before. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, why would but he that, clean his back? Well, I don't know. Why, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what the spectacles had to do. And how accurate? No, he made a deal about putting his glasses on oh, before the you. deal. I and Burr says, "How that, accurate were those pistols anyway? You guys know firearms oh, a lot better accurate. than I do, but they're not traditionally, no, historically, no. they're not very accurate." And did they have a lot of kickback or pull? You know, well, when you shoot. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to they're going to have a recoil, but they were that, and that's another reason that there are so few. And I say so few, but there really weren't that many deaths from duels mm-hmm. uh, because. Their accuracy was so terrible. Unless you're a unless you're a Hamilton, because Hamilton's son yes. Philip died in a duel. How long previous? Four, four years earlier. Four years in earlier. In the exact same place. In the exact same place, Philip Hamilton was killed in a duel. 
Yes, defending his father's, his father's well, because the sex scandal going on oh. and the Reynolds papers. Mm-hmm. So he was defending his father's honor and challenged that man to a duel that was, you know, running his dad down over the Reynolds papers. Uh, Reynolds, was it the Reynolds pamphlet? Is that what we call no, it? It was, re- it was Reynolds the Reynolds letters. 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 That's what I read. Mm-hmm. I didn't see pamphlet. But Fifty you know. Shades of Hamilton. Fifty Shades of Hamilton. Yeah. And the, one of the things that settled a duel is it said a wound that made the handshake would settle the the uh, duel. So if I shoot at you and I graze your shirt and your second sees that that has made you have fear, then the, the honor has been restored. I don't know that you would have to hit me to make me fear. Like you could just shoot in the air and I'm at like, you, hey, we're near good. you, towards you, know you. We're good. Point I'm, the I, gun. Yeah. If any so, of you in this room had a gun right now, I would be fearful and give in. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm with yeah. Kevin. <laughs> Probably everybody in this room has a gun except me somewhere. We're not going to talk about that Sorry. while we're recording. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not allowed to get political. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, okay. So, is it common that most people shot into the air during a duel? It happened a lot. It did happen a lot. People yes, were like, and why would you go through all that trouble and then fire in the air? Well, the rules actually said you weren't supposed to do that. You were but, supposed to shoot at the person. Yes, but the rules of, of the duel was that you couldn't take a cowardice Act, but they did it because they were just trying to say Well, and face. they both showed up with guns, which is actually, that kind of takes the whole cowardness out of the whole this process. Is here. This is a game of chicken before the automobile was invented. Exactly. Yes. So, we're both here. We've got our guns here. And He's neither, putting on his glasses. I'm going to shoot at him. Well, and, right? neither, and neither one really wanted to be shot at. You know? Yeah. So, if you show up and you're saying, all right, let's see what you got, and then you both... Shoot up in the air. Okay, well, we're all cool because you're not a coward because that would make and me I'm a coward. I'm not a coward. So, so here we go. We're, we're all good we're and all nobody good. saw what just happened. No, they're all, they're looking that way. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what they came for. I mean, really. Nobody saw anything. <laughs> what Nothing a coincidence. Happened here today. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing mean, happened here today except we're all men and we're not cowards. Exactly. Okay. Let's, all right. let's all go have an ale and, and write, some, their honor. write some amendments to the Constitution. Right. And let's all do this together. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, so now the the duel is done. Hamilton, it is done? Well, they turn, shot. Hamilton gets shot in the abdomen, goes through his liver, lodges in his spine. They take Hamilton back to his house in New York. He dies the next day. Mm. So he's dead. At the same time, Burr's coming back across to New York. Well, he thinks he's going to be held as a, a hero because he's you know, defended his honor. He's, he's killed Hamilton, but that's not how people took it. People at that point in time, Burr now has shot Hamilton. We like Hamilton. We We're, don't like Burr. Now we didn't really like Burr. Anyway, nobody likes Burr. Mm-hmm. And so he comes back and now even less people like Burr. Right. So this is how it goes. They, they do uh, accuse him of murder in two States, New York and New Jersey. Wow. But he flees New York and goes to Georgia. Now, he's the sitting vice president. And this is what always scratches my head because now he's fled. He's the vice president of the United States. And now he's fleeing to Mm -hmm. Georgia. Yeah, he's he's the president of the Senate. I mean, what who's who's running the Senate in his absence? Well, he eventually comes back to D.C. Okay. And I think it was for. Was it? Did he come back to D.C. or was it New York? No, he came back oh, to D.C. But to D.C. Yeah, came back to, to because he had to oversee 
the they were trying to get rid of one of the Supreme Court justices at the time. <laughs> okay. They, so let's get chase, the guy that killed somebody to come, come back. back. Yeah. Exactly. And see figure that out this song. Supreme Court justice thing. Wow. Okay. All right. Go ahead. That's juicy, right? It, uh, this is this is awesome. Yeah. And, and we <laughs> and you might think that the last election cycle was the first time a president did not attend the inauguration, but John Adams was so bitter he did not attend Jefferson's inauguration. Oh. So but now, in the word of democracy, though, he did hand over the reins. Without a, a fuss, and he did turn. You know, this is the first time in history, in the United States history, that the opposite, the op, yeah, the opposing yeah. party had to actually ch- swap power. So okay. it went from the Federalists to the Democratic Republics, mm. Republicans. Okay. So you know everything worked out as far as switching over, but it was you know. Mm-hmm. John Adams didn't want to be there. It was the first time it had ever happened. John Adams said, so there, I'm sure there was a lot yeah, of animo- Is this going to work? I mean, here's an experiment in re- Democratic Republic. This has to happen for us to move forward, and it did. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think we have to at least mention in the in the election of 1800. We even we even want to talk about the. This is where the Twelfth Amendment came from. Because, sure, talk about it. Okay. Well, after the election of 1800. That you know, because now we've got a problem because we had a split here, and it was the they had to end up passing the twelfth the twelfth amendment before the next election, uh, just to make sure that we don't end up with this problem again. We have a tie, so at that point in time, mm-hmm. all electors had to have one vote for president and one vote for vice president, so we can solve that problem. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that as a footnote. Mm-hmm. We're looking at you. Well, oh, I didn't know. So we were, okay, he so has, has fled and he's come, and has come back. Okay, right. so. You know, he is not on the ticket, mm-hmm. so he's not vice president. And we go through the whole New York election. He doesn't do that. All right, so there starts to be some some word about, hey, we think Burr might be planning, and I'm hesitant to use the word insurrection, but I guess it would have to be the appropriate word, is he is planning an armed insurrection. Oh. So Jefferson gets word of this, actually sends, a, I guess a spy would be the way to, to say it, to, to find out, hey, let's question these guys that are involved in seeing this happen. Well, they determined it is happening. And then I'm going to let Jake pick it up because that's where he goes to, what, to New Orleans. Well, maybe. What, well, what happens is Burr teams up with the general of the, of the U.S. Army, Wilkinson, and the two of them have a plot to take over the Louisiana Territory and secede from the United States. Oh, okay. So we're just going to start our own. Yeah, and thing. he wanted okay. to start his own empire. Gotcha. In the new, newly acquired Louisiana territory. So then he actually takes a group of armed colonists into Louisiana and tries to take Louisiana. That gets stopped, and that's when they arrest Burr uh, for treason and yeah. bring him back and try him for treason. Mm. Of which he is acquitted. He is acquitted. Okay. So apparently after this duel, Burr has gone nuts. And so after his treason trial, then he flees to Europe where he tries to talk France into supporting a takeover of Mexico for the same purposes to become a new nation in Mexico. He just wants a territory to leave. He wants to be... I want to be in charge of some 
body of land. I can't imagine why nobody liked this guy. I don't care where it is. He wants to be the George Washington of his own ears. I want to do it myself, and I want to do it better than anybody else. Well, and he's actually, he's leaving France from talking to them in a boat, and then he gets picked up by the British and is held in Great Britain for, I think, a year. And then he eventually comes back to the United States, moves back to New York. He remarries a lady, and I can't remember her name, doesn't really matter. She files for divorce because he is, at this time, he's broke. He's got, his name is trash. He is going, she's actually a wealthy widow, I believe, and he is going through her fortune and investment schemes that are just falling. So she files for divorce. He's spiraling. He's he's out of control. Uh, this so the, the I don't know who really was the big loser in this whole thing. I mean, I guess both of them really. Nobody won. Nobody wins in a duel. No. Or <laughs> moral every, of the story. Or everyone wins in a duel. Or if, <laughs> if, depending on. So okay, anyway, okay. she. Fought. I guess yeah. I guess maybe that that's more that doesn't really work, does? No. Nah, I really mean, no. I guess maybe if you don't actually kill the other person, then you can both. Win. Well, but then you're tried for yeah. treason, and then you have to go to Europe, and then you're broke, and then your wife files for divorce, and mm-hmm. then. But you're not dead. No, but his wife is finally granted divorce on the day that Bird dies, and her legal representation is none other than Alexander Hamilton Jr., the son of Alexander Hamilton. How about that? Who would have thought? I'll bet he had a good day that day. Alexander Hamilton Jr. I bet he jumped at the chance to take her case, yeah, didn't he? That's he what said, I'll, I'll do. It. Pro bono, let I, me handle this exactly. for you. I got you. So now Bird's dead too. He what said, did, Call me. Colonial states. What What did Burr die from? Of Uh, whatever. Stomach cancer. Ugh. Yeah. Which, ironically, that's exactly where he shot Alexander Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton died of a bullet stomach. Stomach bullet. A stomach bullet. bullet. Professional diagnosis. We don't have a doctor in the room, There's so no I can't say for house. sure. There's no doctor in this There are only experts on the deal of 18 and some odd years. So, yeah. then what happened? Well, they're dead. It's over. <laughs> I, yeah. mean, I mean, the so country then, did pretty well. Yeah. We ha- oh. We've had some ups and downs. Okay. Yeah. We're still polishing the ending of this, I believe. So, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess the big picture... Yeah, big, the big takeaway. Big takeaway, yeah. The big takeaway is that there's always been disagreeing parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least we don't have to go to dueling now. Mm. Yeah, we don't duel. And we look at what, you know what, I guess what it really boils down to is most politicians, you can't trust them. Because either you have <laughs> the burrs. I'll go with that. Who are trying to, you know, do their self Start their own empire. There you go. It's Start their own empires. Or you have Hamilton over here who is constantly stirring the pot. For, and, and, you know, that you can say that it was Burr was doing it for his own political gain, but that's all Hamilton was doing either. either. And also, let me just say this. In the election of 1800, only 4% of the population voted Oof. in that election. They now, did not like their choices, did well, they? And if you think voting is long now with all the new rules, it was approximately two and a half months. Is how long it took to vote yeah, to figure. Yeah. Well, yeah, because no, that was actually the voting period. It was yeah, like because, October to December, I think. Well, I mean, that. there it wasn't like you could jump in your car. Again, and we're not fact checking this, right? Go. <laughs> no, but if you yeah, think about roughly it, October to December. Well, okay. think about it this way though, too. There, there were only five million people in the United States 
in 1800. And how? what percentage and of those 5 million could so vote? So there's 200,000 yeah, people Yeah, but you can, only, you can only vote if you own land, right? If you're but a what, white guy well, who owns land. No, but what? what you're saying is 2% of the people who could vote voted, right? 4%, you're not, 4% yeah. 4%. Yeah. 4%. Okay. You're not saying 4% of the whole population because okay. we've well, not had amendments to give other people and women and their that, rights. That's, vote. that's true. You know what? That's, that's a very good point. But let's just say that it was 4% of the entire population. That's still only 200,000 people. I think and that's not even how many people can, can vote. How many? 44,000 like exactly who could vote. No, but I think it, it's who did vote. I think it was like 44,000, I think. But it was 4% of who 4% could vote. 4% of who could. And now look, and now in defense of Burr, just a little bit, his platforms, the whole time he was in office, he was he was a big abolitionist. He, okay. he was against slavery. Uh, he fought for women's right to vote. Mm-hmm. And he and his wife actually were huge fans of, and I can't remember, Stonegate. Waterton or something. Anyway, some lady who was a uh, big writer and was really always pushing for women's rights, who was actually the mother of Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So he always fought for for women's rights to vote. He fought for the abolition of slavery. He voted, or he always pushed for representation by non-landowners and regular people. So he was... Even though he was born... He was a man of the people. He, and, and, and Hamilton was very large, strong government. That was his... Did Hamilton not vote to abolish slavery? He didn't want to push to do that? Or did he? No, he was an abolitionist. But He now, was an but abolitionist. His, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so he, they were both abolitionists. They were. Well, how did Hamilton feel about women's rights? I'm sure he was either for them or against them. That wasn't okay. in my purview. You can say whatever you want to. No, yeah. they're not oh, yeah, we're not fact checking this, right? He was very much. I uh, think he, he and Susan B. Anthony might have headed <laughs> had a love child. on the uh, <laughs> Nina, the Maria, and the the Santa Pina. So that that's very fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and one footnote too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now in John Adams' diaries, he claimed that. Burr had a love child who was none other than our, I guess it would be our eighth president. Hmm. The Van Buren boys, maybe you've heard of them. Martin Van Martin. Buren. Martin Van Buren. <laughs> who was, a, according to, to John Adams, was his love child. Was I think Burr. it was, was Burr's love child. How about it? Which, I think they disproved it now, but. Did they? How did they disprove that? I don't know. Okay. They just didn't want to put it down. Have you you seen the show Exhumed? No, I have not. Well, well, have you seen that episode of the show? Is that how it was resolved? Oh, no. I was just going to go off on another tangent and let you think that they had Exhumed them without having to make a uh, factual... An actual statement. Yeah, without having to make a statement. (laughs) I was just going to move on to the next thing. Gotcha. Okay. All right. This This is very interesting. So... Hamilton is dead. Burr is dead. The only thing left to do is move on. Yeah. Right? Hamilton That's lives what the country in music. does. Just yeah. like, Hamilton is, is people. Lives on in music. I'm does. curious, he how does. much does the musical, I have not seen the musical Hamilton mm-hmm. yet, the Pulitzer Prize winning musical. Yep. Uh, does it attack or approach this story or tell yes. any aspect of this story yes. at all? Well, I'm going to defer to the head musical watcher Mm-hmm. In the studio, Kevin Green. Kevin, yeah, because I, I've not—I don't watch musicals. I do watch a lot of music. It, and, does, it does address it, but okay. I, I, I'm more of an old musical. It does address it. Okay. It covers the affair. 
I've seen the first 30 minutes of it. It covers Phillips Duel. Okay. It covers the uh, Washington stuff, the where Hamilton is Washington's favorite. Right. He's the sonless son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fatherless son that yeah, George go. Washington is. Yeah. And it covers uh, the, the duel of the two. Okay. I want, to, I want to see it. I have every intention of seeing the entire thing. I just have not had a chance to do it yet, mm-hmm. but I have started it. Mm-hmm. And then I think the power I, went out and HBO got canceled for a month at my house. And I've, I've got it back now, but it, mm-hmm. other priorities jumped in front and I just haven't gotten I back really to it I really enjoyed yet. it. I saw it at the Fox in Atlanta. Ooh, nice. And Love it was really good. Yeah. It was, I, I liked it, uh, but you have to like musicals because it is all music. Did you take your husband with you to that? I did not. Yeah, I was going to say you didn't. KD, not only does he not listen to this show, but he does not watch musicals. So, How do you put that into a musical? Um, well, it is... Um, God, I don't know. You just have to kind of watch it and see. Yeah, I mean, Lemez does the French Revolution. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of creative it's license It's a really entertaining show. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Well, sadly, there's no Burr musical. There Which would is, be a docudrama, I think. There's no Burr musical. Maybe we are onto something here. I'm gonna let I'm gonna defer, Kevin. Why don't you get on that? Yeah, I've got eight sheets wanna... of legal pad paper left. If you guys so want to start I, writing I it now, I keep doing this. I, I, look, I'm sorry, Kelly and I are having a private conversation, which I understand is not possible when you're talking into a microphone. But Mm-mm. now you're staring at me, and it's making me very nervous. You're are you speaking to me? I are guess you, so. You told me to no. do that earlier. Okay, like, so I'm anyway, to, yeah. anyway, <laughs> where are we at? Where are we? Where oh, I've got an Aaron Burr. Aaron musical. Burr musical. What are we going to call it? We're not going to call it Burr because Hamilton's called Hamilton. Burzical? Burzical. Yeah. <laughs> Shooter? I'd no, watch a Burzical. Marky Mark did that one, right? <laughs> he did. Yeah. A Burr under my saddle. Is that too obvious? <laughs> a Burr in my side. Oh. Oh. That's, oh. Is it a Western? Uh, America. I mean, they, they rode horses and fired pistols. Okay. America. A Burr in your side. Uh, what do you think? Uh, is there a plug somewhere um i think what we're going to do is if you will uh give us a five-star rating and you comment your what you think the burr musical name should be yes that you're probably not going to actually hear this episode well thank you so much to our local experts jay graves and kevin green for being here with us today is that what we're going to call them local experts they are local experts we don't have to get t-shirts for them or anything wait a minute i'm a little confused though did we clear up the alabama tie we did not. No, yeah, Burr was arrested in Alabama for treason. I, but he was in Georgia, but then... No, no, no. This or he'd is, been the Alabama He had territory. left Georgia. Yeah. And this is when he had was headed to New, I mean, to Louisiana. And they picked so, him up between... Alabama. You know what's in between... what became Alabama. Let me, and let me go back. Do you know Just, what's between Georgia and Louisiana? Wait a minute. Well, there was <laughs> Alabama. no... Alabama. There was no... What would be what would become Alabama. Yeah. Right? Let's be clear. Let's clarify that. Was there was no state. Alabama, mm-hmm. so let's stop the harsh criticism right now. We realize <laughs> Alabama didn't come around until 1819. Okay, so what was it called? What was the territory called at that point? I was it was it the, the Mississippi Territory? Is that correct? Georgia, part of the Georgia. Georgia or Mississippi? Yeah. It wasn't Alabama. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, but but where he was arrested is present day yeah. Alabama, just okay, north so of Baldwin. There's Bald- the there is. K- uh, KT is Beautiful. our geography yeah. expert, and he's not with us. He's so. not with, and us. he wouldn't have anything to do with this show anyway. And it was he's close not, to Galesville they he's, yeah. he's also not gonna listen to verify anything so yeah, we'll go with true. that all right okay. definitely guys thanks so much for being here tonight uh we will be back next week with another exciting episode of true crime on easy street good night everybody <laughs>